This episode of Art of the Kickstart is sponsored by BackerKit. BackerKit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. Plus, if you want to create and send surveys, offer add-ons and pledge upgrades, or begin accepting pre-orders, BackerKit makes it simple. Over 2,000 projects and 4 million backers have used BackerKit, including many of the projects featured on Art of the Kickstart. Ready to try BackerKit? Visit BackerKit.com and sign up today. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Philip Yip. Philip, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. So Philip, you ran a campaign recently, The Monkey Lights. Tell our audience all about The Monkey Light. <laughs> Well, it's um, our next generation of monkey lights. They're fully automatic in that after you install them on your bicycle, they turn on automatically when your wheel spins and when it's dark enough outside. So they are our most convenient lights ever and what we believe the most convenient way to keep your bike lit up at night to keep you visible and enhance safety. So there's usually a good backstory with a lot of the entrepreneurs that we talk with about producing products that fit a need. Now, obviously bike safety is a massive concern with more and more people using alternative modes of transportation. So, you know, what, what's the story on the monkey light team and the product? Well, uh, yeah, our, um, I guess our founder story is that, uh, our, our founder, Dan, he created his first set of monkey lights as an art project. And this was a while ago back in, I think it was, uh, 2007. And that he kind of had a friendly competition between friends to, you know, do crazy things with their bike. And what ended up happening is that people would stop him on the street and be like, hey, how do I get one of those? And this happened often enough that he was like, well, maybe we could start a business around this. And so thus he began the conversion of changing an art project into something that was more capable for larger scale production and something that was more affordable so people could actually buy it. So yeah, talk about, you know, what's intriguing with our audience is always about, you know, the the product development and the process of bringing an idea from, let's say, the art project to an actual prototype and then a fully working, you know, model. Can you talk about mm-hmm. kind of deciding, you know, what features you guys included on this and the process that you guys went through and the multiple iterations to get a final working product that people want to buy every day? Gotcha. Um, well... I guess maybe I can start by talking about the features. So we, we've been selling our older generation of lights for, for quite some time now. Um, and we've kind of benefited from 
having a lot of the production done in our in the exact same facility um, where I'm sitting right now as as the the product development. So we can iterate and make changes really quickly on the production side. And uh, I, uh, I guess design for manufacturability in, in a really nice way. Um, as far as other features go, though, we because we've had a lot of lights out there, we do get feedback from our customers. You know, and some people love it. Some people are like, hey, you know, I really want to use this, but that one part is kind of annoying and so on. So um, one of the reasons why we decided to make these lights automatic is that, I mean, from my own personal experience, it's the most annoying part of using lights is just having to turn it on, as silly as that sounds. And when we tested this out with ourselves and with you know a couple of our friends in the area, people people really love that. So it's I don't know it's kind of a mix you know like definitely we involve feedback from our customers. We definitely have benefited from already having existing products out there, and a lot of the other stuff comes internally from just uh, the knowledge that we've gained from actually physically trying to make these things ourselves. Absolutely. So what have been some of the bigger challenges that you guys have encountered while designing the product? Um, I guess, you know, we live in Northern California where, where we benefit from nice weather and, uh, it's, it's a pretty different environment than what, um, some of our other customers experience. So, it creates a little bit of a challenge when we do some of our testing because it's like, well, you know, maybe we don't have access to some, for example, people on the East Coast in the winter, they still ride their bikes. They still need that visibility. They may ride on salty roads that can really tear up components and stuff like that. And so, you know, we didn't realize this until with our older products, uh, you know, maybe a year or two in. And so as a result, we had to do our own tests where we immersed our own lights in salt water to see what would happen. and put them in the freezer, you know, to make sure that they would still work. So there are a lot of edge cases like that where it's in in our case, in or yeah, in our experience, we didn't find out until we heard back from a customer. Yeah. And that's always critical, obviously, you know, getting that feedback where you guys wouldn't have known these things where you're sitting in sunny California thinking life's great and everybody on the East Coast is swamped in snow and dealing with all the <laughs> salt and sleet that they got to deal with on their daily commute. So it's great that you're, you know, obviously engaging your crowd and your community, getting feedback and doing some testing to continue to make your product better. So awesome work there. Let's jump into the uh, the crowdfunding campaign a little bit that, you know, our agency Command Partners helped you guys out with and, you know, pr- doing some of the marketing for it. How long did you guys spend preparing for the crowdfunding campaign initially? And what was some of the work that you guys put in? I think we probably spent... I'm trying to um, reimagine the timeline here because uh, it, it was a little while ago now. I think we probably spent about, uh, I don't know, six months, maybe a little more. But, and, you know, in the beginning, it was more product focused. You know, we were thinking like, well, what what should these new products look like? What have people been asking for? And what's, you know, technically feasible for us to do? So that was kind of a bulk of the work in the beginning. And I think that, you know, we actually got started on the actual crowdfunding campaign itself probably later than we should have. You know, like, uh, if we, if we do another one in the future, I'd like to be able to plan that stuff out a little more ahead of time. But yeah, yeah, we were roughly working on some prototypes throughout, 
uh, our campaign launched in beginning of November 2016. So we were rolling with prototypes during the summer. We were doing some testing during the summer. But yeah, I think the initial concept was more like around March or so, maybe a little later. Got it. Yeah, so you guys certainly put a significant amount of time in. We know a lot of people, you know, vary in terms of the pre-marketing and the pre-campaign effort that goes into it and ensuring the overall success of the campaign and obviously working together, making sure that we almost hit that quarter of a, mi- a quarter of a million dollar mark with the campaign. You know, you guys are one of the few Kickstarter campaigns that did a, a live stream. Um, tell our audience <laughs> kind of about how that went and uh, what you guys talked about there. Yeah, the the live streams were were thrilling. You know, um, at first, you know, my my own personal experience with video is just all skyping, for example, or you know, doing a Google, or a Google Hangout or a FaceTime with usually it's family members and friends. I'm not used to being in front of a video talking to, I guess, the internet at large. So, but we knew that you know Kickstarter had has a lot of stuff on using it as a great tool to, to interact with your backers. So we, we definitely wanted to try it out. And, you know, I think we got kind of a rocky start, but we really enjoyed being able to to just interact in that way. It's it's added a really nice dimension. And, you know, this is this past project was our third Kickstarter, but it was the first one where we were able to really interact with people on, on such a level. So I, I, th- I think it was thrilling. Um, Chloe did a lot of the live streams with me and I think I can speak for her and say that she also really enjoyed talking to people and I hope that our backers got a lot of got a lot out of it also. Yeah, I think they definitely did. And you know, with our recent conversations we had with the Kickstarter team at the CES show this a couple of weeks ago, you know, they're really seeing a huge amount of engagement and, you know, appreciation from the backer community to really, you know, see the people behind the scenes putting these products together. You know, obviously, you guys being one of the first campaigns out there, what uh, what tips would you give to our audience? You know, for someone else that's going to be doing a live stream. Well, uh, and uh, this is yeah, I'd say um, test out your stuff ahead of time. Kickstarter gives you ample opportunity to, and we um, we we took advantage of it most of the time, but there were some cases where it was like, oh no, we have no audio. Uh, we got to restart this, and so on. Also, it helps to, you know, prepare in advance. We, what we did is we looked at, well, what are some of the comments that we've been getting from people? Kickstarter also has a nice feature where people can submit questions for a Q&A directly to your live stream so that you can view them on the air. So, uh, we would, we would take a look at that a couple hours before and see if, uh, there are any, um, questions that we could answer there. And, you know, I think people, uh, we, we had, demos to show off too you know so it gave us a good opportunity to to show things that i think translate better on video rather than in a static image especially for our bike lights because they require the wheel to be spinning in order to uh to be seen absolutely there's no lying behind live video right philip (laughs) yeah that's right so um given that this was your third campaign what's been the biggest surprise that you guys have encountered so far crowdfunding the biggest surprise across all of the campaigns? Sure. Or, or the most recent one, whichever one you, you got a point for. Um, yeah, I guess one thing that really stands out is that this last campaign was really different than our, than our other, than the one right before it. Our second Kickstarter campaign was for our Monkey Light Pro, which is 
uh, basically a, a video screen for your bicycle wheel. And it's, it's really different in terms of getting the word out for something like that compared. To, and so I should also say that the price for backers or the reward levels were starting at $495. And it's something that we currently sell at $995 right now. This campaign was really different in that we had rewards in the $30 level or $29 level. And so the number of backers is, is huge, which is, which is awesome. It's awesome to engage that much of a community, but it's also really different in that, uh, we didn't have some crazy thing that everybody would be talking about because it's like, Oh my God, I can show a running dog in my wheel. It's like, well, no, this is a really safe or a, it's a really practical device that helps keep you safe and we can sell it for a low price. It's just, uh, the excitement factor is really different, you know? So that was. That was pretty different, and we we had to approach the campaign in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. So, what uh, what advice would you give to someone else looking to kickstart their bike product? Well, I guess one one piece of advice I'd give to Kickstarter creators in general is that you you need to you need to somehow have your own audience, or you need to be putting the work into doing that somehow. Whether it's through you know, luckily we were able to benefit from having already two campaigns out there and having having our brand exist for a while so people were aware of us. But for, I, I think that I see some Kickstarter creators who kind of expect that, hey, if I just put this thing out there in the Kickstarter world, Kickstarter will take care of the rest of that. And Kickstarter is a great platform for reaching a lot of people, but I think oftentimes it's it's not sufficient for, for uh, getting enough of the coverage out there and getting people to see your product, you have to be able to do a lot of that work yourself or engage with some sort of marketing partner in order to get the word out. Absolutely. Good advice. So Philip, this gets us into our launch round where I rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? I hope so. <laughs> so what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Ooh, um, I, uh, I used to work at a really big company that actually, I think last I, saw they employed like 400 500,000 people and uh I was ready for a change of pace nothing against how they work but I wanted to do something different so if you could bike with any entrepreneur throughout history who would it be ooh um oh man I don't know if I can answer that I I hate to say this but I I I really like riding alone I don't know if I hate to say that it's uh it's just great for for clearing in mind and uh, soaking in the environment around you. All right. So how about if you uh, could have a a coffee or a juice with any (laughs) entrepreneur, who would it be? You know, right now, I don't know if it'd be an entrepreneur. It'd be uh, Steve Kerr, a coach of the Golden State Warriors, because I really admire his his style. And I think it goes beyond basketball, you know, like I I think he, he takes a moral stand on principles that he cares about. And I think he also knows how to run an organization well. Coach Kerr. So that's a new one for us. So what would be your first question for uh, Coach? I don't know if it would be a question as much as a statement, um, but I I would just tell him that I I used to play his character uh, when I would play basketball video games back in the mid-90s, even though he was clearly, no offense to him, not the best player on the team. But I just liked shooting three-pointers all the time. 
Fair enough. Making it rain. <laughs> uh, so what uh, what book is on your nightstand or on your Kindle? Oh, man. It is something about how to teach toddlers to be good kids. <laughs> I forget what the name of the ti- I forget what the title is right now, but yeah, I have a, I have a two year old daughter and um, it's a learning process. Indeed. I've got two young girls myself and uh, I don't know if there's enough books in the world to understand what's going on in their heads. <laughs> uh, so where do you see yourself in five years? The, the, uh, I see myself celebrating the five year anniversary of you asking me this question. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. No, uh, um, yeah. I don't. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> but that's the first answer I thought of. <laughs> I like it. All right. Last question in the launch round, Philip. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Well, um, I, I see there being a lot more creators out there and a lot more big creators out there. I mean, I also wonder about like what happens with what's regulation and what happens when there are a lot of high profile failures also. But I mean, what I see right now is that crowdfunding is also extended into actually, you know, raising funds for giving backers ownership into some of these companies that are created. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I see any specifics other than it's interesting to see the trend so far. And, you know, I'm wondering what will happen when more of these failures occur. Sure enough. Philip, this is the end of the interview. You've survived. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell us what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy some monkey lights. Well, uh, yeah, our, at our company, we stand for safety, and we want to make your bike ride fun. So we think that our lights offer the best solution for lighting your ride up at night so that other people can see you and to give your ride a little bit of color. Awesome. Philip, you've been great. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all of the show notes, a full transcript, links to the Monkey Light sites and everything we talked about. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Philip, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Roy. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.